podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Jamie Carragher and you are listening to the Cop Eye Podcast. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Copy Podcast. Yeah, it's a brand new show. It is called On This Day. So basically what we're going to do is talk about all the stuff that's happened on this day in LFC history. I've been wanting to do this show for a while. Um, and I suppose right now before the season starts is probably a good time to do it just to keep us ticking over with new new stuff and new ideas and something a bit different rather than Talking about transfer targets and stuff like that. Um, but I'm joined by Christian, as always. Christian, how are you doing, lad? Yeah, I'm good. Um, I'm at my mum's place, so I tried to go out before to sit in the car so we could start this, just to not disturb anyone. But uh, it didn't work with the network, so I'm back in now. Uh, and it's pouring and raining down, so I'm all good. But the weather is not as good as I was hoping for, you know, summertime and all. Yeah, exactly. Meant to be the hottest July on record, and we're just... Fuck that! You're, elite, you're getting the same weather as us, which is even which is even weirder. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I said, I've been wanting to do something like this for a for a while because I just think it is interesting. Because pretty much every like big or like most fan accounts on online do like on this day X Y and Z scored this goal. And I just thought, why not make it into a into a show and something that we can talk about and make it a little bit different. So today. 18th of July in history when you have a little look through there's a few little bits we can we can talk about um there's a few birthdays from very old players that it's pointless talking about I just think the two big, biggest ones is Nick Barnby signing in 2000 which feels a bit mad say that was 23 years ago feels a bit <laughs> horrible and I feel very old uh, and the other one is Lucas Lever left in 2017 on this day so six years ago which Again, feels like it's that one feels like it's even longer ago. But let's start with let's start with Nick Barn because I was only eleven and you weren't much much older, so we were pretty young when when that one happened back in back in two thousand when he signed for for six million from Everton. And when you look through like the players that have moved from Everton to Liverpool, there's only one more after him, and it was Abel Xavier, and it was two years later, and that's the last person to move directly. From Everton to Liverpool, so Barnby did it six mil, stayed with us for for two years, got fifty eight games, scored eight goals, and got six assists. Um, yeah, what are your what are your memories of of the the fifty eight games Nick Barnby played in, lad? Uh, not many, even though I was 40, but I remember watching uh, on uh, TV, obviously. Uh, and I remember also the, the famous photos of when he actually was signed, like uh, with Gerard Hollier and uh, the players that was around him and Nick Barnby standing there. But I, what I actually remember most as well, not just the Liverpool stuff, is when I was younger than obviously 14, so that must have been like a couple of years uh, um, earlier, I had this... 
uh, football magazine in Sweden, which is called—I I don't know if it exists anymore—but it's called it what's called Goal, and it was about the European football, the most um, you know English football. And I remember I had this magazine, and it came—I can't remember if it came monthly or something like that, like the new edition, I think so. But they had a section called Young Guns with all the you know young talents coming through, writing about them. Or I remember clearly, you know, when Michael Carrick was a young gun, and you know even. I think even Frank Lampard was young, so I remember that. But I also remember this must have been like mid '90s or something then, because uh, I I don't know how old Nick Bomber is today. Because I think back in 2000, maybe he was about 25, 26 or something like that when we bought him, maybe. Uh, but I remember, like That's I said, it. in the mid mid '90s, he must have been in his you know 18, 19, 20. So I remember the section in one of them magazines saying Young Guns and Nick Bomber was in there. Uh, so. That's my first memory of him, and obviously I didn't really know anything about him, about him more than that until he signed for Liverpool, and obviously also because it was from Everton, uh, which obviously is also always controversial, because it's the you know the uh, the rival team in the city and all that. So that was my first memories, but then I remember him as a player being. You know, quite good, not not as good as you expected, but I still remember him being you know a, a winger with. Quite a lot of you know speed and technique so I, th- I thought he was good and what i can remember as well i thought he was good at the time but also remember that everyone probably f- wanted him to do better and that's also why he probably just lasted two two years with us yeah i think it's one of them like whenever i just feel like those type of transfers from everton to us i feel like they're always like they're destined to fail but I think Nick Bambi's in terms of like success, I thought he done I thought he done okay, like getting his his first league goal against Everton. That always helped. <laughs> We've seen more recently Van Dyke's done it uh, on his debut. Um Cody Gakpo's done it as well, got his first goal against Everton. So I think it always endears you to the, the crowd a little bit more, but I always feel like it's a bit of a weird one. Especially when you're signing someone from Everton, because generally they've got worse players and if we're gonna pick someone off them the best of the bunch, he's still generally not going to be good enough to play for Liverpool. I think that's just something that, especially the Abel Xavier one, just like, I still remember when I was a kid and I met him and he like signed my shirt and all that and it's just, that was just a weird transfer, a really weird one but I think Bambi <laughs> well, I've seen that season like 2000, 2001, he scored, he scored quite a few goals in the, in the UEFA Cup. Um, he got one against, is on his debut, Bucharest, he got one against Liberec uh, in a 3-2 uh, game. He got two against Olympiacos, one in a 2-2 draw, one in a 2-0 win. And yeah, a, a goal against Fulham. It scored in the 4-0 win against Arsenal as well. The one where, I think you remember where Gerrard scored a pinger. Very, very young Stevie J scored a belt at bottom corner. Bambi scored oh, a yeah. And in the 2-0 yeah. win over Leeds in the FA Cup as well. So he had some, he had some good moments. I think it's one of them, like... I feel like, like I said, it's always destined to fail. But I think in terms of what he made of it and that season where we won all them trophies, I think he'd done. I think he'd done okay and, and was a good player. And I think it's always and that's why I think this show is good because you're, you're talking about Nick Barnby. When are we ever going to fucking talk about Nick Barnby apart from <laughs> if it's his birthday or if he signs for the club? Uh, so I just think it's interesting to get thoughts on that. And we can we can move into the the second part of it where or the second biggest one of the day which is Lucas Lever, and I think this might take us a little bit longer to discuss because he was at the club for, for 10 years and 
had a bit of a, I suppose, I think cult hero kind of sums him up a little bit because a lot of people really didn't like him. A lot of people loved him, even when he was playing. And I, th- I still think that stands now, even when you talk to people. I mean, we mention Twitter every show, but on Twitter, like, you get people maybe of a younger generation who go, oh, yeah, he was shit. But the, the older lads like our age and whatever who saw him, who saw him bossing Yaya Torre and, and, and playing really well in that more defensive position as especially as he came in as a box-to-box midfielder um but yeah he played 346 games in his 10 years got seven goals and got 19 assists what are, what are your memories of of lucas very fun very fun memories of him uh you know when he signed i was uh, excited because i i've read upon him about being one of the you know the best youngest player in the brazilian league and he was more of a box-to-box midfielder at the time uh, and you're thinking what kind of brazilian type of player is he you know you always think of the ronaldinho's ronaldo's you know rivaldo's or cacao whatever uh but he was more of a you know a hard-working uh, clever player uh but also obviously scoring quite many goals for gremio uh, where he came from. So I was excited that we bought the young Brazilian that, like I said, already been like the best, best young player in the league. Uh, and then you you did uh, expect much from him uh, because of that. Uh, it t- took it took a little bit longer for him to adjust to the Premier League and to actually, you know, come into the team properly. But then he got the stick, you know, from people saying he wasn't good enough. And, you know, uh, I know that he got a lot of, you know, criticism as well. But what I liked with him was that he actually worked his way, you know, into the team and he was never complaining. He just kept his, you know, head down, working hard, showing everyone what he could do. And then he actually developed and became this really, really good player for us in a more defensive role, like you said, in a in a midfield that also had obviously, you know, Sab Alonso, Mascherano, Steven Gerrard, Sissoko during this period of time as well. But he was still there doing his job. And like you said, when he was bossing Jaya Torre, that was his... You know, prime where he was one of the best defensive midfielders in the league and maybe even in Europe at the time, in my opinion. Uh, but it didn't, you know, it, it was unfortunate because it didn't last long because of that injury. And after that injury, he never really came back. But he will always remain a legend in my mind because of his way of working hard, you know, never complaining, and also taking the city and the fans to his heart, you know, becoming like a Brazilian scout, if you like, and doing all these funny things, even the unlucky, you know, everyone remember him for all the funny things, and he seems to be a very genuine good guy to have in a dressing room, friendly, nice to fans, you know, someone that everyone uh, just loved, and I know that Steven Gerrard have talked very fondly of him as well as being, you know, a, you know, a, a very... Not, not just an underrated footballer, but also a very nice person as well. So in my mind, uh, I know I, I, I bought my little brother uh, a, a, um, a Lucas shirt when I lived in England and brought it back home when I came for a visit. And he was really happy as well because we always liked him. Uh, and, you know, I, I think he's someone that we would talk about not as much as, you know, the big legends, but he will always be mentioned as someone that I think the majority actually st- came to like and when he left I thought I think every proper Liverpool fan uh, do love Lucas Leiva yeah I think it's it's one of them that you've got to live the time because you can only have been through it for you to then say well that fell as a legend for, for what he did you can't really haven't if you've only seen it in like a highlight form you can be like well he doesn't look that good he's not quick <laughs> exactly. he's not you know he's yeah. not like he, he wasn't he didn't have like one amazing thing that he was amazingly good at he was just I always liken him to like Carragher in a way. Like he was he was 
he was a good level at quite a lot of things, and I think that helped him, especially yeah. that he, he got on board with like like you said, like becoming like the, the Brazilian scout. And he like he took, he had the fire in the belly, and he was always working hard and stuff like that. And that made that elevated his level. I think in a similar way that Carragher did to to be better. Um, I remember like the yeah. like when he when he scored his first goal against Haven to Waterlooville in the in the cup that weird five two game that we won. He just pinged the top corner, and we were like, we were rubbing our hands together, going, "Fucking hell, this this Brazilian looks good." Like you're saying, he's got another <laughs> Ronaldinho on that hands here. But uh, yeah, yeah, it, it became and then, more. And then of he tried a... to finish it off when, when when Klopp was laughing instead. So he started off with that <laughs> goal that you mentioned, and then he had that try of a, you know tried to shoot, and Klopp was just laughing because it was shit shit, you know. So oh yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but he was, was really, he was very good. Sorry, he was very good reading the game. I, I think you know, in in the in the deeper position that he had in the midfield, you know, when he became a little bit older and 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 actually came to a point where his best position was. I think when you when I remember when I was standing in the cup at the time, we didn't really have a good team at that time. It's back in you know the uh, the, the 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 late Benitez uh, era and the Roy Hodgson and Kenny Daglish and we you know before Klopp and all that. That's when I was living in England. But I remember you know standing in the cup watching the games. And Lucas is all, always positioning very well, and you know, reading the game, knowing where to be. Because, like you said, he didn't have speed. He wasn't there. He was good in many things, at many things, but not like the best, best. But I, I thought he always seemed to be, you know, in great positions when he was playing that defensive midfield role, and when he was at the prime of his career. So, you know, like I said, I think he was really, really good and won the best in the Premier League. You know, for for a year maybe or something like that. But then obviously the injury, and he never really came back. But that was his. I think his best, um, what do you call it? Like the best for him, actually reading the game, because uh, I think that was really important for us. Obviously, with the with the players that we had at the moment, which was wasn't really good. <laughs> so that's he was I mean. he was key at that time. Yeah, that's what I mean, it's it's context, isn't it? You've got to know what who we are, uh, the level we were at. So he, he was like he elevated himself into a level where he was one of the better players we had because. That's just that's just where Liverpool were at at the time. Um, yeah. But yeah, the other other goals he scored, he got one against Plymouth, Newcastle, Chelsea, Benfica, Crew, and Stal Bucharest. I always remember the Stal Bucharest one because I think it kind of came out of them on the edge of the box. His first touch was pretty pretty bad, and it's one of them like you'd always. <laughs> it's one of them where if someone passes it into you and your touch is bad, your second touch is a tackle. This one was like the second touch because no one was near him. He just belted the bottom corner. But I just thought that was a was just a, a funny goal, but a, a very a very good goal. Uh, and then some of his assists as well. He got he got nineteen assists. The one that I always remember because I was there that day was the one against Newcastle when we when we beat them five one um, on in December two thousand and eight. Shea Given was having like was just Superman that day. It was five one, but it could have been ten one or eleven one or twelve one. He was just saving everything. But the little interplay with Gerard, Gerard like knocked it back to him. He touched it, and then just a th- lovely through ball, perfectly weighted. Gerard runs through and chips Shea Given, and that was our fourth on the day. Yeah. Alonso gets the fifth, but it's just little bits like that that I always, I always remember. And I think it's yeah, I think he's one of them players that will always hold a special place in our heart, like for for our generation. I think just because we've seen him grow from loads of promise and then maybe became the scapegoat for a few years and then he elevated himself back up again i think we love as liverpool fans that type of story where someone comes in and gets doubted and then similar to henderson i suppose came in nearly left and then obviously he yeah. might be leaving soon we won't get into that but like it's like what well, that roller coaster ride where 
the fans have helped him become become a better player in a in a way and helped elevate yeah. his own his, his own ability. Yeah, I, I love the things that you are explaining there is I love how he, you know, came and everyone had, like I said, the expectations on him. He didn't live up to it. And people said, you know, he's it's not good enough and stuff, but he, he just worked really hard. And by the way of doing that, he also turned around, you know, the most skeptics, skeptic fans, you know, so he became this player that everyone actually liked. And then there might be some saying, you know, oh, he wasn't good enough and he wasn't that good, but you know, if you take away his playing ability because he wasn't at the world-class um, you know, levels for a long time. He was there for a short time, but everyone would love him for the way that he worked hard and did his job. And, you know, that he actually took, like I said, the heart and the fans to, uh, took, took them to his heart. So, you know, that's that's respect and you respect him for that as well. You know, that's the thing, like you, you do appreciate and respect that kind of way of, of, of being a player in, in modern football. So that's also why I think, like I said, everyone just loves him because he did that journey. Yeah, exactly. He's a he's a he's a legend in our eyes, anyway, lad. Um, but yeah, we can move on to. I mean, there's a couple of like random ones from ages ago which we won't talk about. But the only other one that I suppose kind of sticks out for in the recent history is Scott Carson uh, left in 2008, which is quite a long time ago, and he was quite young back then. But he played in the in the uh, Juventus game where we won 2-1. He made a bit of a fuck-up towards the end and let Cannavaro score. But, um, yeah, he had a part in it. He had a, he was, he had a hand in getting us to, to Istanbul. So I suppose he can he can cling on to that, can't he? Because he only, he only made nine nine appearances for us in, in his career. So um, it's, not, it's not the biggest one to talk about, but I think to have a part in that, in a small, very small part in that journey, is, I suppose, is something to hold on to for him isn't it yeah and you know i remember as well we signed him uh, a young lad from leeds was it um and you know he was hyped as one of the you know greatest goal goal goalkeeper talents in england at the time and you know to have someone come to liverpool that young with the expectations as well also didn't live up to it but like you said he was part of that journey and uh, i was hoping there was going to become something but you know he had his long career anyway in different teams obviously now in man city being old and being the like third choice or whatever but you know he had his long career and managed to you know play a few games for england as well i think so you know uh, he did well for himself uh, but you know being that young coming in into that kind of action for liverpool in champions league says something and being part of it and actually you know playing Juventus at the time as well, when you're thinking of it and the player they had, you know, I, I remember, you know, I think they had Slatan Ibrahimovic, you know, the Swedish player at the time as well and a massive, you know, great team with great players. So to stand in, in goal, being that young and being part of the journey, you know, he will always be remembered for it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, we can leave it there, lads. We've done longer than I thought we would, considering, I mean, I suppose... There's, we always there's, do. <laughs> Lucas Lever took a big part of that, rightly so. Um yeah. Well, yeah. Let us know if you if you enjoy these. Like, we're not gonna. I mean, if there's if there's something, if there's not something good on there, or like good players or whatever, then it's pointless us doing these. Or if we if we haven't got time to do it, then we won't. But I'll try. We'll try and do these near enough every day because I think it's something interesting and something different than the usual transfer news and who are we going to sign is Henderson going to leave is Fabinho going to leave etc etc so it's something a little bit different so let us know if you if you liked it and if you if you want to let us know your favorite Lucas Lever moment if you if you want to 
talk about the unluckies, then yeah, let us know. Um, yeah, really appreciate the support as always. And thanks again to Christian for jumping on. And yeah, we'll see you again very soon. Nice one. I'm Jamie Carragher, and you are listening to the Copite Podcast. Network.